Hello and welcome to the Shea Hates Everything podcast where we talk about video games, movies, comics, and other shit that matters. My name is Shay, and today I hate that talking about stuff on this podcast makes me less excited to write about stuff on my website. And my name's Kyle and today I hate that I have to work this week. And that would not be a normal hate. Well, maybe it would because you have to work every <laughs> week and maybe it's always a hate. But it's particularly a hate because you're getting married in a week. Yes. So from the day this podcast goes up, five days. Yeah. How you feeling? I want it to be over. <laughs> well, your fiance is in the room with you, so hopefully you only have positive things to say about the <laughs> fact that you're marrying her in five days. Well, but just, yes. Like, I'm, I'm to be over ready just for the stress the, and everything. Yeah, I'm ready for the stress yeah. to be over. Right. Well, hopefully at least during the wedding, you don't need to worry about that stuff and you can just enjoy it. That's kind of the, the ideal. Yeah, we'll yeah? see. Honestly... I feel like you're going to be so caught up in everything that you won't even think twice. That's how it was for me, at least. Like, there's all that planning and stress that goes beforehand. But once you're in it, you're not thinking about all those details. You're just enjoying yourself. So that that's that's my wish for you. Is yeah. That you're too caught up to stress during your wedding day. Hope so. I'm. I don't have faith in that because during like when I direct shows. Mm-hmm. While, while the show is going on, I'm just I'm biting my nails the whole time. Yeah, but it's but like you're not running this though. Like you're not in charge of running all the details. The yeah, point I of it is for you. In but some you shouldn't. Ways. Then you shouldn't be. There should well, be someone else appointed to worry about those things. That should not be your job on your wedding day. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun. If nobody I'm dies excited. during the wedding, it's a success. I was gonna say it'd be disappointment then. <laughs> I mean, Renaissance themed wedding. You got all these weapons here. The mead that was homegrown and could very well be arsenic. Um, like, it is very potent. I tried some. <laughs> yeah, it is mom very was strong. telling me about it too. She said she took like a sip of it and she was like, "Okay, like, <laughs> this is definitely Cheers. something." <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited. We're we're coming down a couple days early and doing the rehearsal, the rehearsal dinner, and then the bachelor party, hanging out. Going to be drinking some beers, playing some video games, and some tabletop games. Is yeah. that what you would call all your, your guys' party games and stuff? For yeah, the tabletop, tabletop games. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, excited. Excited well, to hang out with all your buds, some of whom I've met, some of whom I, I have never met. So it should be, should be a good time. Yeah, for sure. Let's and hopefully un- my, uh, my pregnant wife has something else to do that night <laughs> so that she's not like in the bedroom. Right. Um, well, let's unpack you and your writing uh, website stuff. Yeah, I hate about. Yeah, it's just like because we I mean, the podcast has been going for a year at this point, but because I've gotten so much busier in life with my job and with other things, my free time gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And I still, you know, I spend a lot of that time playing video games and watching shows and movies and everything. But I also spend a significant portion of that prepping for the podcast, recording the podcast, editing the podcast. And so the balance of free time has shifted more towards the podcast than it has towards running my website and writing stuff. Because the original goal was, oh, it'll be easier to write because I can just go to all the recordings and all the show notes of what we talked about in the podcast. And I just use that as my bullet points when I'm writing for reviews and rankings and everything else. But what's happening is 
when I sit down to write, I'm like, oh, we've already discussed this thing to death on the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to go retread all that in written form. Yeah. And that's good for, for listeners that want to see written form or people that don't listen to the podcast. It's good because I get, you know, more viewers on the website than we do listeners on the podcast. But it just I just lose a lot of the impetus to, like, want to write because I'm getting to express that through this podcast instead. So it's just frustrating. I just need to I need to get back in the habit of it and force myself to write a little bit and then I'll, once I pick it back up I think it'll be easier, but picking it back up has has been the problem. Yeah, but, you could say you have an impetus impotence. Sure. Yep. Impetus impotence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good one. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I had to hold on to it for a little bit though, like a few <laughs> seconds too long cuz you just kept talking. <laughs> But this is good though. I like <laughs> I obviously I greatly enjoy doing the podcast. So yeah. it's not like I'm complaining about the podcast or anything. It's just I want to have things in both forms and I haven't really been keeping up that end of the bargain lately, but it is what it is. Um but we do want to go ahead and dive in. This is, you know, obviously folks that are downloading have seen this is going to be a shorter episode than t- the normal. Obviously, Kyle, you're very busy with wedding planning and everything going on. I've been crazy busy with work stuff. I just got back a couple days ago from being out of town in Utah for five days running a customer event. So just my time of what I've done the past two weeks has been lessened. And I still have a lot of crap to do this week at work that I need to prep for before I go out of town for another couple days. So be a bit of an abridged podcast, but hopefully just as amazing as all the podcasts with our witticisms and insights on the most important games and shit and news and other garbage that's I mean, fucking good. What? Let's let's say we should hope it's better than all of the previous podcasts. Because, because being I don't more know condensed. that the bar is that high. <laughs> Maybe us being more condensed will uh, help us both not ramble so much, which is something we both Ugh. have tendencies for. We're bad. So We're let's cut bad. that off right there and dive right in. No, let's talk about rambling a little longer. So... <laughs> the, <no. laughs> So my my video game list is actually quite short. I've just been playing some more Spider-Man and some more Pokemon Heart Gold. The only thing I'll say about Pokemon Heart Gold is I'm still grinding to level 50 before I do the Elite Four. It's been a long journey because I have my Eevee that I had got at like level 5. And I got him all the way up to level 43 with everyone else that he's now an Umbreon. So it's just whenever I want to quote-unquote waste an hour to just grind out levels for guys and i'm trying to find better areas to train and there just aren't very good areas in heart gold to train guys that are in the level 40s because it's like level 20 dudes and that's just i'm just not getting enough xp so it's been quite a tedious process yeah i don't remember having that problem before for whatever reason yeah I'm maybe i just remember never like, noticed it because i was like hey i get to play more yeah back in the day i i don't know if if that was an issue for me or not, but it certainly is, has been here. And part of it's just because I have so many other things that I want to do that it feels tedious to sit down and and grind some Pokemon levels. Um, But on the Spider-Man front, I'm getting really near the end. Something big kind of happened in the world that made it, honestly kind of makes it a little frustrating to get around the world. It's not as much fun anymore to swing around. So I'm hoping that I'm very near the end and that it'll go back a bit to the status quo. Um, and because of moving around the world has has gotten more difficult, like new enemy types have been introduced, which has made the combat a lot more difficult. There are like jetpack guys that are huge pains in the ass, and they just do a lot more damage and that kind of thing. I'm not like struggling so much, but it's the combat, like 
where before I could do whatever I wanted and it was just fun and acrobatic and I'm I'm like experimenting with different combos and different moves. Now it's like I'm having to try a little more, which is fine. It's just a little bit less fun. So, um, I mean, I, I'm committing to getting to platinum. I'm, I'm close enough on all the challenges and everything else to go for it, but I am kind of ready to wrap this up. I don't mean that in a pejorative way because the game's been phenomenal, but I've just, I put enough time into it, enough time into the combat and the little side activities that I'm, I'm definitely ready for it to start, uh, wrapping up um yeah that yeah that's sense. kind of been all, all i've been playing lately i have shot up with a tomb raider that i got assassin's creed odyssey just came out so i'm kind of deciding between those two which one i'm going to start next and then we have red dead 2 coming out in a couple weeks so it's like three big open world ish games that i'm going to be diving into right after spider-man so i want to make i want to try to spread them out so that i don't get too burnt out on the open world kind of stuff what about yeah. you? What you been playing? Um, so I, I was just playing Destiny 2 on PC. So I got it, um, I guess, two weeks ago now. In the first week, I got my character. I, I started a character, and I got it all the way up to level 50, light level wow. 500 in the first Jeez. week. Um, and so it's just been kind of like... Then then in, in the next week, just to give you like some idea of how it kind of paces itself and how you hit that really hard power or light level wall in the past week so one week i went from light level one to 500 and in this past week i went from light level 500 to light level like 510 okay and that's how long it's taking me to get through the final post game yeah because it's all just powerful gear that's the only stuff that helps um, so obviously you finished the story of forsaken on pc i have not done the forsaken story on PC. Oh, okay. Because okay. I was waiting to play through it with you on PS4. Oh, okay. So yeah, I'm not good. doing that I, I was going to ask, yet. like, how close to the end we were. Just because, like, I mean, we've talked about it, but I'm just, like, I just don't care about Forsaken. Like, yeah. I, I want to finish the story, and we need to go ahead and do that, and I'm sure I will dabble with the end game. But I just, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with Destiny. There are just so many other things I'd rather be doing with my time. But right. I'm glad that you have PC and some other folks to play there. Yeah, and, like, for me, I don't really have another game that I want to be playing. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. plan on playing Tomb Raider until it goes down in price significantly. Mm -hmm. I don't plan on ever playing Assassin's Creed. Um, So it's really kind of this right now um, for me. So, um, like, just... I did did play a couple of uh, Forsaken Strikes because those got, like, rotated in. um, And those are really cool. So I I imagine when we play through the story mission version of those, um, that'll that'll be fun. Have you done the Gambit mode at all? Nope. I have not done a single match of any PvP anything. Okay. And I think I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah, obviously, I mean, neither of us enjoy the Crucible stuff. But I at least want to, like, give Gambit a chance because it's a mixed PvP-PvE, which is a cool idea. And I really liked Prison of Elders, which was somewhat of that Horde mode in Destiny 1. Or was it in Destiny 2? I don't remember. But, um... That was fun, so I, I at least want to give it a chance, but I doubt I'm going to put significant time into the gambit mode either. Yeah, I just well, and that's like that's part of what's hamstringing me on a lot of the powerful gears because a lot of like the bounties and other stuff is kind of tied up in mm-hmm. um, both crucible and gambit because um, it's basically kind of divided. Bounties are kind of divided into thirds: one third crucible, one third gambit, one third everything else that you're doing. Okay, um, and. It, it, 
you know, it's, it's not a perfect thirds system, but it's pretty darn close. So really, I'm only doing a third of the weekly activities that right. I could be doing to get gear right. because I fucking refuse to do the other <laughs> shit. Yeah. Because um, that's how Kyle gets angry at video games. And Kyle yep. doesn't want to get angry at video games. He wants to have a good time. I mean, so, that's how I broke my hand. And correct. every time Ke- Kelly sees me playing Destiny, even if it's not the multiplayer, she's like, Shay, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so since I don't like have a new game to play, I decided to give an old game that I didn't like another <laughs> shot in a new way. Perfect. Final Fantasy XV, uh-huh. um, which you and I were not big fans of no just because like the pacing was off i we didn't we weren't really drawn to the characters and kind of i actively disliked all of the characters yeah i hated all of them they were very obnoxious um and like just uh it was not a well-constructed open world because no. there was too much was space boring. in between things, there wasn't enough going on, and, and it was it all wasn't like interesting. The, the enemy spawns were all—they were all predictable. Like yes. they never spawn in different places. It was the same types of enemies in the same spot, and if you just run in circles, it was so boring. The open world was so boring. Gorgeous game though, looked yeah. great. That's about the best thing I can say about it. And I did like the right. music. Like my favorite part the of that score game was, good. was riding in the car. And listening to the music. Yeah. And it's like switching little radio station songs and stuff. That's it. For sure. That was the only thing I liked. Yeah, and I think there's almost kind of like a, a an immersive sim element to it that I think people are drawn to. Of like, all just like the little weird, stupid things that you can do. Um, that kind of, that people right. kind like of Like there's a little arcade to. game. That, right. That stuff. And just yeah. walking, like riding around to yeah. little towns. Just walking and around talking to people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think like there's value in that. Just not for us, and so. Right. But I've heard a lot of really good things about the story and kind of where it goes, um, and I was interested in at least seeing that. But I was not willing to put in the time necessary to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So then I, a little while back, they released Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition um, on mobile, which it has like it's free to play, but it has the trappings of like you can only do a certain amount and has all the microtransactions. You kind of mm-hmm. have to like wait for stuff in order to do things. Um, so I, I didn't really want to experience it that way, but like the mm-hmm. concept was at least interesting. And then I was looking through just cause I was trying to find something to do. I was looking through the switch online store and I saw that there was a pocket edition HD on the switch, okay. which is $30, which is a far cry from free to play, but, uh, it doesn't have any of the microtransaction elements. It's just, you know, it's the full thing. Um, you pay for the full game. So I went ahead and I got that and, it's really fascinating the way that they strip everything down and I- into a game that is much more accessible and interesting to play. Um, right. They, they kind of break it down into episodes um, that are about an hour long, roughly, each so far. Uh, maybe a little more. Um, but you go to all the main story beats. Even some of the side quests are there. The art style is like, extremely scaled back. It's like if you turned all of the graphics down, but intentionally, and kind of tweaked a few things to make it look like a cohesive art style. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, so it runs like butter smooth on the Switch, huh. and presumably on your phones as well. Um, and all of the cutscenes, 
for those major story beats are still there and they play like with these different graphics and animations and stuff but they still have like the same sound design and the same voice acting and all that kind of stuff too um it's just like a really weird pairing and it's interesting if you they're like videos comparing the versions online where you have like you know the nice pc version or whatever xbox one x version and the um pocket edition playing side by side and the scenes are they're uh they're scripted the exact same. It's literally just kind of a graphical overall difference, uh, difference mm-hmm. in style. Um, so like that. So I'm getting all of the story. Um, I'm getting a lot of the character interactions, but actually it's a lot less obnoxious because now they're like these cartoony looking characters with like oversized heads and okay. like some style to so them. So it feels more like anime Correct. style where like the cheesy bad writing and overacting is more appropriate. Yeah. It, so it doesn't it doesn't feel so disconnected from the more realistic, yeah. like really great graphics That's that the funny. game has. So I actually kind of appreciate it more in that in that light. Um <laughs> And it just has, like, a, a really good energy about it. The pacing is great, again, because it's so condensed. There are, like I said, there's still side activities to do. All of the areas, because I, I got to, like, the third or fourth town or something when I played 15 before. Um, and so, like, I've gone to all the same areas, even some of the same open areas, but just some of the exits and stuff are blocked. So they're smaller, more contained. Mm-hmm. Um, the combat has been streamlined as well. It's just you hit a button to attack. It's like a button masher, and then there are like dodge prompts that pop up, and you can still warp huh. around and like get extra damage on those. And a lot of like the equipping items and skill trees, those have been condensed and simplified. So now there's a single skill tree for all your people and all your types of weapons that you're just pouring AP into however mm-hmm. you want. Um, you're still equipping people with um, gear. Uh, and kind of cycling through stuff that way you can you're picking up stuff on the ground that are little shinies or in boxes or whatever and you can sell them for money to buy more gear or get potions and stuff um i have not run into a situation where i've had to heal in a battle yet and i've been playing for about two hours but i'm sure at some point there will be a boss battle that i need to heal in um but it seems like if you do everything the game throws at you like all the side missions and stuff you'll always be pretty well equipped for whatever because that's like that's the downside is you can't go grind in this game Um, okay and so i'm assuming they have some way of compensating for that because you are still leveling up at the end of each mission um and getting xp as you do things do you think the combat's going to get too repetitive then if it's just like a button masher and most of the depth is taken out um yes and no i because i'm assuming it's probably like a 10 to an 11 hour experience so it's okay so it might be short enough where yeah yeah, i think it's short enough that okay i won't get too sick of it Um, i wonder if i would like this like you i wonder if i would get something out of this i kind of really like it huh that's crazy just just something about that just really stripped down core easy accessible experience that uh, is drawing me in right now um, and weird that Square Enix would put so much work into adapting this game to Switch and yes. like changing so much about. I mean, well, it was the game was mobile. successful. It, it was for mobile, and then they right. ported the mobile to right. Switch. They ported it to Switch. Okay, so, that makes a little more sense because mobile's yeah. so big in Japan. Right. Okay, and especially with all the microtransactions that I'm sure yeah. it had. Then I'm that makes yeah, a little more sense. I, I bet. So I don't know. It's God, it's really interesting. Hmm. Um, a, a okay. weird a weird little thing that I'm actually kind of able to appreciate and. Because the story beats aren't so spread out like they are in the main game, I'm getting things like at a reasonable pace, and I'm able to keep right. up. Like yeah. I, I know what's going on, and I'm able to follow. You know, I, it doesn't get lost in the thread somewhere. You know. So. And have you been have you been playing it more on the go? 
No, I just played it on the couch um, okay. this morning for a but couple hours. But hand, in handheld mode? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, I know you, you tend to like handheld more than playing on your TV with the Switch, um, right? Yeah. Also, Kara was playing Animal Crossing on okay. the TV. Yeah. So. That, the only game I found, I guess Mario Kart, I did like playing handheld. But I, I also, I like just as much playing on TV. But Octopath right. Traveler... I liked playing handheld more for some reason. I don't yeah. know why, but I just liked playing it more handheld than I did on the actual TV. But like normal games, like Mario Odyssey and Zelda, those I wanted to play on my big TV. Right. It was just they were they were easy to play on that much bigger of a screen. Right. Interesting. Cool. So yeah. Um, yeah. As far as like watching stuff, again, there hasn't been that much. We're still watching the league. Um, <laughs> I just because obviously I'm playing fantasy football and. We're recording the Sunday evening after Big Fantasy Day, and um, my home league team is going to go 5-0, and so I'm pretty pumped about that. But watching the league makes me a little bit bummed because they're – it's a television show, but they're all so um, active with each other. Like it's such a very active league where they rib on each other and they're trash talking and all this other stuff, and our league doesn't do a ton of that. Like I go and watch a lot of games over at my in-laws, and my father-in-law's in the league, my wife Kelly's in the league, my brother-in-law's in the league, and so we'll talk about it. But kind of like the larger league, we don't really interact a ton. Yeah, and that's you're not going to look at like, your father-in-law and be like, yeah, suck it. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, actually, maybe I would do that. But uh, it's just more like just the, like they post on the message boards, and they send each other trash-talking videos, and that stuff we don't really do. And that, that would be a little bit more fun, I think, but uh, – yeah, it's just a really funny show. Love watching it during football season. And then when I was in Utah for this customer event, I spent a lot of time when I wasn't like managing the actual activities and meetings and stuff. Whenever they were on activities that I wasn't on, I was back in my room packing like gift bags and making phone calls and sending emails to make sure everything is ready to go. And I always had the office on in the background. And so I was there for, let's see, I got in a Saturday afternoon and left wednesday afternoon so what is that sunday monday tuesday so i was there for four days i watched three full seasons of the office (laughs) and like i wasn't really watching it was more just like background noise but that shows how much time i was in my room just prepping shit and i'd watch like an episode or two at night when we'd get back at like 10 30 even though i have to get up at 5 a.m the next day i'm like i don't want to come back to my room immediately go to sleep and then get up six hours later i want to at least get like a little bit of wind down time but that's kind of my um, like my security blanket. Whenever I'm traveling for business or like going to a conference or something, that's what I do in my room is watch The Office. Something about it that like not homesick, but like homesick in a positive way. It makes me think about my wife and stuff like that. And it was funny because when I got home, she was watching The Office, and I guess she watched it a lot while I was gone because <laughs> I watched it because it reminds me of her, and she watches it because it reminds her of me, which. Aren't we That's just funny. the cutest? We're just Aww. so adorable. <laughs> no, but it was uh, it was a good good thing to have in the background to like help soothe my mind a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say real quick, I've been reading not comic books. I've been reading The Expectant Father. So it is a parenting book, obviously. And one of the great things about it, because historically, kind of books about pregnancy are for women. And the books that are written for men, it's all just about, like, how how to be supportive of your wife while she's going through all these things. And that's absolutely true. The woman is having a very rough time with her body and emotions and everything's off the charts and all these stresses and all the crap that she goes through. And it should be on the husband to help be a support system because of everything she's going through. But 
the guy's still going through stuff too. Like we're still going through emotional changes and excitement to fear and sadness and disappointment and all these other things that are happening. We're seeing our partners go through all the stuff that affects us in a certain way mentally and spiritually, however you want to say it. And we go through physical things too. Like there's a big thing about men because their wives are in this situation where they're gaining a lot of weight and eating whatever they want because they're nauseous and they only need to eat certain things that men often too gain weight um, just because they're they're eating the same things their wives are eating. And so, I don't know. It's just a really interesting read for a man in this situation because it's not just saying, oh, as the husband, if something bad happens, you just got to suck it up and be there for your wife. It's saying, no, like, you're part of this too. You're not obviously as big a part of it, but you're part of it. And I like reading that attitude because it makes me feel more active in this pregnancy versus just being like the guy and my part and it's done. And then when the baby comes out, I'm a dad. Like I'm a dad right now. I need to be prepping and thinking about all these things right now. And it's been very informative. So it's kind of broken down by months. So I'm on month four, which is where we are in the pregnancy too. My wife just hit 16 weeks uh, or I guess she's in her 16th week right now. So I started late. Yeah. I ca- did did up, you read anything so. later where you're like, oh, I fucked up? <laughs> oh, no, not yet. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it, but it was really cool because obviously, and it's the same way for pregnancy books for women, that every, every person's experience is unique. You're not always going to be thinking the same things as what the book says at the same time. You might be thinking of them earlier or later or not at all. But there has been have been several things where I'm like, yeah, I was going through that at that time. And um Obviously, like I read month one when we were in month three, and so I can't use it to change my behavior or learn anything at the time because it's too late. But it makes me excited for going forward reading month by month where I feel like it's going to do a good job prepping me. And also like – because it talks about what my wife is going through too with her body and things that she's thinking and the irrationalities and the cravings and everything else. It kind of breaks those down and how I can help. And that I think is going to be really informative. And the biggest thing that I take away from it is like – the dads that are most active dads after birth are dads that were very active during pregnancy. And obviously I want to be an active dad. I want to be a good dad. And so it's important for me to kind of get in there right now too. So I'm trying to do that where I can. And then um, I was doing some research because I saw some comic books that were on sale on Amazon. And if you'll remember, I think it was two episodes ago, I had started reading Saga Volume 7. And I like read the first because I was reading it at work and I read the first couple pages and was kind of lost. And there was a big splash page of a robot dick. And I was like, yeah, I shouldn't read this at work. I'm going to put it away and figure out why I'm lost. Well, I wasn't just lost because it had been nine months since I read it. I was lost because I never read volume six at all because I didn't own it. That makes so sense. I went, ahead, yeah, I went ahead and bought volume six and eight. And then since I was already there and Amazon recommended it to me and I'm a sucker, I bought um, volume three of Sex Criminals. So now I get to go back and read from the beginning of Saga and Sex Criminals. So those are my two big things. Once I catch up, catch up on Star Wars, I have two more Star Wars trades to read. So I haven't read any comic books in the past two weeks, but I did buy a bunch more, which is the opposite of what I should be doing. That's I should like be reading the too. ones that I have and then buying more, but I'm not smart enough to do that. But, uh, yeah, I have seven. Yeah. I, I have six trades and one collection I need to read. Yep. And I've already, like, when I was on there, there were already some other ones I wanted to go ahead and buy. And I was like, nope, I got to cut myself off. I need to actually fucking read the stuff that I have before I keep spending money on more stuff. So right. we're, we're traveling, going to see you guys for the wedding and everything. So I'm going to bring some comics. Maybe I'll read some. Maybe I won't. I brought them with me to Utah and I didn't touch them. 
because I was just watching TV and packing gift bags the whole time and boxes and shit. But hopefully next podcast I will have read some more comics and will not have bought more comics. Right. That's the goal. So what about you? What you been watching? Um, so Karen and I, because we've been in the mood to watch some spoopy stuff, we watched Ooh. Pay the Ghost with <laughs> Nicolas Cage and the of chick course. who plays Lori from Walking Dead. Okay. Um, it's about their son who gets taken by a ghost, and you gotta, right? You gotta, you gotta pay the ghost. <laughs> and like, to does get- he take debit or like American <laughs> Express or is it just cash only? What's the kind of What's the setup here? I don't remember what the actual paying part was necessarily. Oh, I, I think it was just that you, uh, yeah, that that's, yeah. God, my fiance is sitting right next to me. I had it, babe. I had it. <laughs> and now you made it Get sound like it, I buddy. didn't have it. It's just the rest of your life. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's just the rest. <laughs> her of her answering all of your questions because you're too dumb to think of the answers. <laughs> no, just a split second. That's why they call it the better half because I'm they're smarter in than us. Stupid fat body <laughs> can't think right. Um, your so brain's you, you working too ghost. hard on digesting calories. It doesn't have time to think of answers <laughs> yes. to Nicolas Cage movie questions. Um, it's just thinking about Red Dead Redemption too. <laughs> That's um, fair. You pay the ghost with your children. The ghost takes three kids Ooh. every year. Um, and like, oh, just that. like total, not from like each family, or else you're having a Correct. lot of fucking kids. Yeah, it just takes like three kids total on Halloween in this area every okay. year, and they kind of like Nick Cage gets to the bottom of it, and he goes to like another reality to go get the kids back. Um, so when did this movie come out? Ooh. Is it like older? Or is it just like a no, the past it's like couple of years? Pa- it's I think it was after 2010. So semi, okay, semi so it could still be it could still be like relatively old then five plus years. Yeah, could be. I will say the special effects were hilarious. Well, because my point was I have not heard of this movie, which means it probably isn't great. It's on Netflix. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. <laughs> it is a 2015 movie. 2015. Okay. Yes. Let's see uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, hold on! Don't tell um, me. I'm gonna guess. Okay. Go Rotten for it. Tomatoes for Pay the Ghost. Right. Um, thinking about how people ironically enjoy Nicolas Cage. This is, I'm if going you to... think, Rotten Tomatoes, these would be critic oh, reviews. Oh, critic reviews. That's right. Yes. Um, the percentage of critics that would recommend this movie. Less than 40%. Yes. Okay. 35%. How about 10%? Oh, it's a 10%. There were 30, 30 critic reviews, three recommend it. Okay. And the average score was a 3.6 out of 10. Wow. Let's see what some uh, what some folks okay, had well, to say here. Well, 3.6 out of 10 is a 36%. I said 35%. Well, yeah, I'm but like that's not how the that's score. not how the percentages well, work I though. clearly don't know how it works, Shay. <laughs> If you want to find out how it works, you can go to SheaHatesEverything.com and read In an Idiot's Guide to Rotten Tomatoes, an article that I wrote that breaks down how Rotten Tomatoes scoring works because people don't fucking get it. And whenever a, a movie has bad ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, they're like, fuck you, Rotten Tomatoes. This movie's great. And I'm like, you don't know how Rotten Tomatoes works. It's not their review that is bad. They aggregate reviews. Anyway... So let's read. Let's see what we can find here. Maybe people uh, are too busy thinking about Red Dead Redemption Two to know how Rotten Tomatoes works. Yeah, 
Jeanette Katsoulis of the New York Times had this to say. Sludgy greens and smudged blacks assault the eyes, and crashing sound cues accompany every scare. Dead giveaways of a director, Yuli Adele, who trusts neither his audience nor his images. That's a little too, like, thoughtful of a review. I feel like I need to read. But nonetheless, extremely accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, Robert... Coider of Flickering Myth says Cage plays 90% of Pay the Ghost straight, which is a shame because his off-the-wall antics and his expressionistic meltdowns would have definitely mitigated extreme boredom and lazy writing into something possibly worth remembering for laughs. True. True. <laughs> Yikes. Sounds well, like these sounds critics like... know what sounds... they're talking about. <laughs> it sounds like it's a great film. Yeah. Uh, if, you're look- <laughs> if you're looking to watch something that is spoopy but not spooky... Right. Pay the ghosts. Okay. Um, I also last night because I was uh, just trying to fall asleep for funs. I rewatched the Doom movie with a Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Right. Um, I totally forgot that he become or spoiler for the Doom movie. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot that he like becomes some crazy villain dude at the end, and then the guy who plays, uh, oh God, who in Lord of the Rings. The, the I have not seen Doom, so I can't tell you. Oh shoot! The I'm I'm looking at IMDb right now. Eyebrows. Oh, Carl Urban. Yes, he plays um, Theod. Nope, not Theoden. I always say Theoden. Aomer. 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 Of the Riders of Rohan. Yes. Aomer. I forgot that. Like he's the main character, and he becomes the Doom Marine. Okay. Um, throughout right. the process of the movie. Um, also, canonically, when they made the new 2016 Doom game, they mm-hmm. I don't know that like this is the canonical way that the Doom Marine became the Doom Marine. He became the Doom Marine by no. adding like a chromosome, chromosome 24, and it became like a superhuman. But the like, movie has nothing to do with what actually happens in the video games. Okay, I w- I didn't think so. It's complete nonsense. Because it's ultra stupid. The best part of that movie, that I, which I have not seen the movie, but the, the clips I've seen, the best thing is... The BFG is good. The, the, when they go to the first-person mode. Yeah. Because it's terrible, but like good. Did it really? <laughs> watching it, it gave me a headache. That's funny. Um, so I watched that, and then just today, um, day of recording, uh, Giant Bomb released a film in 40s for Alex Navarro's spooky pick of this year and that is the return of the living dead Mm -hmm. um and so we got that on blu-ray and did the film in 40s thing along with that which for those of you who don't know it's like uh, mystery science theater 3000 a podcast that accompanies a movie um and so we watched that and whoo that's a film it's more of like a farcical take on zombie films okay um and it's interesting because it kind of takes place it was it was made before like the whole they eat brains thing was really popular and so it kind of mm-hmm. popularized that um interesting and like the zombies are like super smart like they can talk like they still have Weird. all their memories and stuff they're just like yeah. in pain because they're dead and the only thing that eases their pain is eating brains <laughs> and so like these this ambulance comes because these two guys have been poisoned with this chemical and then the guys are like, they go out to the ambulance after they check on them, and these other zombies 
come on and come in and like eat their brains and then later you see those two ambulance dudes like Mm. call in for backup they're like more paramedics over the radio Mm -hmm. and no one thought to be like hey that doesn't (laughs) sound like that guy anymore (laughs) right it's fine uh and then the same thing happens with a cop car later like a cop car shows up they eat the cops and then the cops are like more cops and they They send more cops and they eat those ones too yikes it's just boy howdy it was real dumb but in a very fun (laughs) way Uh uh-huh there's also like a lot of like gratuitous nudity for no freaking reason well it's from the 80s man that's what it was all about yeah pushing them pg-13 boundaries right and um it had a a pretty wild musical score um (laughs) it was just all over the place but yeah there there were some there was some acting some real hard acting (laughs) going on in there yeah um that was that was a lot of fun um in terms of tv uh, the fiance and I started and finished Jack Ryan. The Jim Halpert is now a commando, an action hero. Yeah, yeah Jim Halpert, action hero. <laughs> so you you watched the whole thing, the whole you, thing. Did you, and did you like it? There were parts that we liked. There, the only part I was, or we were both really vehemently against, was the kind of like the love thing like the love interest that they tried to like force because they had no chemistry right neither of them were they were clearly not interested in each other and like they tried to like work her into the story somehow too and so she just like she kept coming around man and i was like just do the right do the action the the action movie military stuff which is where it's at least it, it at least gets a passing grade for that stuff um, I don't know that I really got a great sense of the villain's motive, like consistently throughout. Like they kind of yeah, they kind of set up the motive, motive in the first episode. His motive is so different than what we've ever seen before. Right. It's not really. No. It's the same. No. Yep. Um, and it like it. It's also the way he goes about achieving that motive. It kind of like, it's not so much that it like toes a line; it just crisscrosses it constantly, like back and forth, back and forth. Like um, he he's good, no, but he's a terrorist. Oh, but but he's good though. But no, look at all this terrorist stuff he does. Mm-hmm. It is like, or maybe it's supposed to be like, oh, there's a duality to his character. Oh, I'm sure that's what it is. They tried to make it a they little just, gray. Yeah, they just yeah. couldn't do it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ending, the ending was fine. It was fine. That show's fine. If you need to waste some time, watch it. That's the best thing I can say about it. I don't recommend. I mean, you watch the whole thing, yeah. And I only watched an episode and a half, but boy, howdy, did I hate it! I just thought it was complete trash. Yeah, terrible, terrible dialogue. Yes, yeah. The writing's bad. There, there are some fun sequences. I just didn't find it exciting. Like it wasn't. Yeah, like that's that was why. Like I could look past bad writing if it's like fun, dumb actiony stuff. But none of the action was even interesting. Um, I just thought it was boring and poorly written. No, there are, like there are a couple great. like pretty high tense, uh, high tension scenes that I think are actually pretty well done. And then there are like a couple of larger skirmish battle scenes that are done reasonably well too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of it. That's why it just gets, you know, at most a passing grade on that stuff. Right. And that, I mean, if they just stripped the whole love interest bit out, it would be 
at least slightly below average. Okay. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then lastly, we watched the first episode or two of uh, Norseman Season 2 on Netflix. Okay. That show yeah. continues to be big old pot of gold. I completely forgot because you mentioned Norseman. When Dad was here, we were scrolling through Netflix to find things to watch. And I remember seeing the trailer for Norsemen, and they weren't super interested in watching it. But instead, we did start a new show called Dark Tourist, which is a Netflix show. It is a reality adventure show, like a tourism show, but it's about dark tourism. And so the first episode is in Latin America. And so he goes on like a Pablo Escobar tour and he meets up with one of Pablo Escobar's top lieutenants who murdered like 200 people who is now a YouTube celebrity. And like in one of the episodes, he goes to Russia and like goes and explores these nuclear ruins. And he goes to this country south of Kazakhstan that is very much like North Korea. Like it's super closed off from the outside world. And he sneaks his way in pretending to be a journalist about this other stuff. And so dark tourism is all about tourists that are obsessed with dark, grim things. So yeah. like, ah, um, oh shit. What was the, the, the dude's name? The cannibal who was a serial killer. Jeffrey cannibal? Dahmer. Jeffrey, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Dahmer. So, like, he interviews this, the lawyer of Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's, he's, like, diving into um, terrible things that have happened and trying to learn about them. And it's, like, escapism. Like, oh, I'm not going to Europe to see the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to Europe to, you know, go explore this murder house that is haunted. I'm not going to New Orleans to dance on Bourbon Street. I'm going to New Orleans and see if I can track down people who legitimately think they are vampires and let's witness an actual feeding of blood with these people who say they are vampires. That yeah. kind of shit. And it's fucking fascinating. The guy that hosts it, he's Australian and he's got like that Australian sarcastic charm. He doesn't have enough personality for me. And I think part of it, part of my annoyance is all of this stuff on here is so ridiculous. Well, not all of it, because some of it's real. But, like, the vampire thing. It's very clear that he thinks the vampire thing is stupid, and he plays that up a little bit. But for me, if a show about dark tourism, what I want is for him to fully dive into those circumstances sure. and be along for the ride. I want them to present it as a fact, and then it's up to the viewer to decide is this a real thing or is it stupid? Yeah, it's like he's he's editorializing a bit yes, too much. Yes, yes. And so that's like the only thing I don't love, but it's a fucking fascinating show, man. Like I've learned okay. so much about these crazy historical things, but also these kind of like subversive cultures. Because there's a whole thing in Mexico where he goes on Dia de los Muertos, which I know a bunch about because I've heard a bunch about. But like the next day after Dia de los Muertos, there's like this little cult in Mexico that wor worships this like death goddess and they pray to her instead of on Dia de los Muertos which is more about like celebrating your dead relatives and this is more about like praying to the person who murders your family it's just like a weird subversive culture thing which is really really cool so I recommend Dark Tourist it is called on Netflix alright I have added it to my queue yeah it's good and we just like started on a whim just like watched the trailer for it and it just seemed cool so yeah I recommend checking it each episode is broken down by like a region so we did Central America he did the United States he did like Russia or like Eastern Europe that kind of thing so excited to okay. watch some more of that yeah that sounds cool so all that said what you say we dive into some news 
And thank you, Kyle, for compiling the news for this week's episode. And I say that, one, to be grateful, because typically I try to add most of the news, but I was super busy today, and Kyle did that. But I also say it as a place of blame. So if we miss something big, it's Kyle's fault. So there you go. Kind of hedging my bets there a little bit. Yeah, I put in the minimum effort for finding this news, which is scroll the Game Informer news feed right, that's today. Fine. That's okay. We got a condensed episode. If we miss anything big, we will talk about it next episode in a, in yeah. a regularly scheduled programming. So how about we dive in? And um, So we talked about last episode, all the shit that happened with Telltale Games, Ooh. with The Walking Dead final season, how it was canceled, and they were like, oh, we might continue doing it, and we didn't really know what was going to happen. They didn't play their employees and pay their employees severance. And so it's like kind of sleazy that they might try to finish it and make money off it. So we have some updates to that. So how about you, you tell me about that, Kyle? Yeah, so initially, like uh, just a, a few days ago, we found out that because um, they were initially going to keep on like a skeleton crew to yep. quote-unquote fulfill contractual obligations to their shareholders, um, those 25 people got let go a few yep. days ago as well. Um, also with no severance or yep. any of that. Any of that stuff that you kind of are supposed to give people. Um, there's also uh, like this lawsuit that uh, some of the um, fire yeah, employees are trying action. to. Yeah, a class action lawsuit against them because of you know it's it's like the Fair Warning or Notice Act or, or something um, in right. that state. You know you have to give your employees a certain amount of uh, notice before any kind of a shutdown. But I, I guess they do kind of have a, le- a leg to stand on it uh, legally. I don't know all the particular in and outs of that you can find that story elsewhere um this is just kind of an update to say that in terms of the game with the walking dead the final season skybound games is going to be finishing it now skybound games is the gaming half of skybound entertainment which actually publish the walking dead comics so it makes sense that this kind of somewhat in-house um entity is taking over to uh see the rest of it through um the game has also been pulled from steam um yeah. you cannot purchase it i think the steam page is still up for it you just can't buy it so presumably once all this really gets set in stone and the development picks back up maybe they'll allow sale of it again um well obviously they would have to if they're going to finish it they're only right. going to finish it with the purpose of selling it yes is uh, um, is, Ro- is robert kirkman is he involved with skybound because i know he was involved in like the origination of it but i don't know if he's like actively involved as a producer or anything he might be studio. because I feel like his news or his, his outcast comic was also skybound. Well, yeah, published. like that's his label. I just didn't know how involved okay. he was in that or if oh. he would be involved in the video game portion right. of the, the yeah, that I do not know. I do not yeah. know that. Um, also, I guess it's worth mentioning that skybound is rumored to be taking on some of those ex telltale employees to help finish it, which makes sense. All right. Yeah. Um, so as long as they get a paycheck. hopefully some of those people still manage to make money off right. the thing that they slaved over yeah. um, and, and kind of, you know, get some semblance of um, a paycheck uh, working on it and wrapping it up. So, you know, hopefully, obviously, you know, in these kinds of situations, you hope everyone lands on their feet. Uh, and I know like a lot of development studios have come forward and say like, hey, we're hiring. Come work for us. But yeah, it's not Ubisoft always a did a big job thing. fair. In, yeah. in California, I think it was for folks. So yeah, uh, you're just like depending on where it is, you know, that could involve you know uprooting a whole family and yeah, and all absolutely. that too. So that's uh, it's never never a good a good situation to be in. But that's just kind of the update on that. Is that mm-hmm. you know development will continue. Skybound is the one doing it uh, or kind of heading it and uh, supposedly bringing back some of those ex Telltale folks. Mm-hmm. 
dead air, bro. <laughs> How long can we keep the dead air? <laughs> well, I was, I was waiting for you because the next story is something I know you wanted to talk about, but then I waited for you to say something and you took a swig of your soda. And yeah. I was like, I don't have anything to say about this. This is your thing. Got, so tell me. I got a dry throat. <laughs> um, it's tough hosting the whole news section by yourself, isn't it, you little bitch? Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> We're only on the second story. I am a little bitch. Um, so this is this is extremely. This is probably the most important news announcement that we have today, for sure, or like all time. Um, the Last of Us Two's main theme was released. So you can mm-hmm. listen to the main theme, mm-hmm. the title theme of The Last of Us Two, and it makes me feel some type of way. It is very good. Ooh. It is a very good theme. I, I, you shared that with me, and I listened to it immediately. And I enjoyed it. Yes. It is quite good. Very banjo heavy, which Mm -hmm. fits. Very emotional, which fits. Mm -hmm. The Last of Us Part 2 is probably going to be a very good video game. I think we we can definitively say. I don't think that's going out on a limb. I think that's an easy claim to make. I mean, Naughty Dog, like, they've been pretty up and down. Like, Uncharted 1 was awesome at the time, and then Uncharted 2 was even more awesome. Uncharted 3 was maybe not quite as awesome as Uncharted 2, but still very awesome. And then The Last of Us came out, which was obviously immensely even more awesome. And then since then, we got Uncharted 4, which was awesome. We got, you know, The Lost Legacy, which was awesome in a very different way than Uncharted 4, which kind of made it a special sort of awesome. And then now Last of Us Part 2, like, who knows? It could be... It could just be awesome, or it could be, like, the most awesome of all time. Right. Anywhere in there. It's a wide range of outcomes, I would say. Yeah, I would yeah. say like Naughty Dog's quality is all over the place within that spectrum. <laughs> right, with between awesome and greatest game ever made, anywhere in between there is how this game could could come. Between out. a nine and a ten, right? Anywhere within there, that's a wide <laughs> right. range to play in. All yeah, those decimals, absolutely. right? <laughs> um, so yeah, you can you can check that out. Uh, you can find that on the interwebs. Um, also, Nintendo. So a, a couple little bits about. Um, about Nintendo, they have uh, filed a Game Boy phone case patent. Um, so this isn't right. just a phone case; it also includes like, um, it's like button, like your the four cardinal directions and the A and B, start and select, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it kind of has a, a space where the top half of your phone would be visible as the screen. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those wrap around cases, like kind of a flip case deal, is what it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the in the patent, and actually, the the patent images have been made public, as all patent images are, um, and you can kind of see some of the notes that they have along the side of it, and it's like you know, oh, so like the the buttons will actually function, and they'll like press and give feedback to the screen below it. Um, so make, make, people are kind of uh, postulating that maybe this is some sort of their uh, their version on a Game Boy Classic, um, because maybe like the the addition of uh, like the expenditure on a screen makes it not worth making, um, because right. that's not something that they've had to do with the other classic consoles. You know, they haven't had to have a screen in it, and that's usually one of the most expensive elements of a piece of technology, um, or can be. So maybe this is kind of their workaround to make it a little bit of a cheaper option. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe that means like we'll start seeing a bunch of old Game Boy classic games on the 
iTunes store. Yeah, that could be like, cool. That could be really, really interesting. And then, you know, presumably you wouldn't need this case to play them. You could just use on-screen buttons, which is not eh, all that great. But yeah, um, I don't know. But next year, I guess it's also worth noting, next year is the 30th anniversary of the original Game Boy. So that seems like a reasonable time um, for that to come out, maybe like holiday next year. This is all sure. speculation because right, it's literally right, just right. a patent filing. So right. who knows? Um, there are plenty of patents that have been filed for products that were never made. So who knows? Um, <laughs> Including the uh, boomerang controller for the yes, PS3. <laughs> the PlayStation boomerang controller, right. That was not good. <laughs> they did actually make that thing, That's though. true. They did actually make some, yeah. People have played that with console. that boomerang controller. Yeah. <laughs> One of the weirdest fucking looking things. It's just crazy to me, like how some people, like how that made it into production, where they're like, "Yeah, people will want to hold this in their hands. Yeah. This is ergonomically friendly. You can throw it at your TV, <laughs> and it won't hit it because it'll come back first. Right, right. No, you throw it at your TV, you bit break the screen, and then it comes back and smacks you in the face. <laughs> that was the goal. Adds insult to injury. <laughs> injury to insult. Injury to insult. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation. Injury to insult. <laughs> um, so th- uh, this next bit is actually a pretty big deal. Because um, we haven't... Like, they make... Alright, people like Harry Potter. Let's start there. Well, you forgot this other Nintendo story. Where'd it go? Is it out of order? No. You just skipped over it, bro. You're so bad at this. You're so lucky that I'm here to host this podcast normally. Oh, the new, it's a the new it. Switch model. Yes, oh my God. you put these here. You what? put them in this order. <laughs> you put I this you were on just, me. I thought you were just skipping over it for some reason, and then you were going to come back and talk about both of the Nintendo things at the same time. I can't you just completely handle blew this. past it. This is so I already much had, pressure, dude. I already had a plan of how I was going to take the Harry Potter story oh. and like take you know give you a break, and I would lead that one because that one I'm more familiar with, and then I'd hand it back to you. Dude, you got me sweating here, man. Okay, hold on. It, quick quick timeout. I know I need this to be a quick episode because it's late, uh, and we're trying to condense it. But speaking of sweating, earlier, man, Karen and I had to go get groceries. And, like, I had – I ate some leftovers maybe I shouldn't have eaten this morning when I got up. What and kind? Like, uh, it was old sloppy joe meat and Dale Ooh. Chipotle with Tabasco sauce. I had both of those. That back sounds to back. really bad. I mean, the, really the sloppy bad. Joe meat was only a few days old. Still, but still, I man, I I was so hungry, and it was in the fridge, and I ate those two things back to back. I put extra Tabasco sauce on the Chipotle. Oh no! And, and so I had what I can only describe as um, the nearest thing to feeling the wrath of God that I've ever had um, mm-hmm. on the toilet shortly thereafter. And then we had to go get groceries, and I was like, okay, it's over and done with. I feel fine. Yep. So I get in the the truck to go get groceries. I'm in the car for maybe 20 seconds. And I'm like, oh, shit. And literally. The, <laughs> literally. And, like, I was like, okay, babe, we just we got to get these groceries, and we just need to get home. Thankfully, we do the Kroger click list. They just load right. them into your it's truck. It's all ready for you. Yeah. Um, but she's like, well, I, I don't have food at the house to eat, so I'm like, I need to get food. I was like, fine, let's just fucking let's do it. We're almost to the grocery store. I'm like, 
dude, I should have had you turn around. I should have had you turn around. This is so bad. I'm like sweating. We put the gr- we get the groceries in, and she said she was gonna go to Sonic, which is like just across the street on the way home. There was no mm-hmm. line when we passed it. I was like, okay, like it comes in waves, so maybe I just got like, I got like two waves left, and that's mm-hmm. it. And then I'm home. It's like giving to, birth. Yeah, and then I get to exercise this demon. <laughs> yeah, I, I just got like two waves left. No, she turns left at the light, goes all the way into town, and goes to McDonald's, where we wait in line for 20 fucking minutes in the McDonald's drive-thru, and Mm -hmm. I'm just sweating. I'm gripping the oh shit handle and the back of the chair. I'm, like, I'm fucking, like, just trying not to lose my control for 20 minutes. I had over 12 waves of I, I call them waves because that's how I experience it, and it was this weird thing too. Because like as soon as contractions, wave, yeah, twelve contractions, contractions. <laughs> they're anal contractions that I have. Like, you do your uh, Lamaze class, Lamaze class for taking the d- diuretic <laughs> dump in my head cannon. I refer to them as waves. I don't think I've ever said that out loud until now. But because uh, like I have these pro- this problem all the time, so uh. they, I call them waves in my head. And so I had like twelve waves in the car. It was so bad. But coming down off of a wave, I was it's the best feel. Like my body's tingly because it's like my whole body just seizes up, like trying to keep control because it's that bad. Right. I'm just sweating. Anyways. So I so, am very tempted to name this episode Anal Contractions, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Just know that in my head canon, that, that's the name of this episode, episode is Anal Contractions. Anal Contractions. <laughs> oh, so in other Nintendo So how news, about the Nintendo Switch? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's rumored to be releasing a new Switch model in 2019. Um, uh, apparently some sources close to Game Informer have come forward and said as early as March of this past year mm-hmm. um, that they're looking at like scaling down um, the size, increasing battery, um, uh, battery time, like battery charge, more efficient battery, um, just making it like a thinner device. Um, they were looking into doing that, which is something they do with like they do with all their actual handheld right. systems. Like they have the you know, the Game Boy Advance SP, the DS Lite, all that kind of, like, the 3DS. The, the 3DS to the XL to the 2DS, right. all that stuff. They yep. do that all the time. The so, new 3DS. Yeah. yeah. So this makes sense. Um, also, I know, like, they've had a lot of issues with the current run of, right. of Switches. Like, our Switch is bent. Like, yeah. it, it bows a little bit in the middle. Um, and that's just, that's the way it is. And, you know, mm-hmm. we love it in, in spite of that bend. But it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they like they had issues with the docks, scratching screens, and all that kind of stuff too. So hopefully this that those are the kinds of things they would want to be addressing. Um, but yeah, so you know, rumored holiday twenty nineteen um, that we might be getting a new Switch model. Right. Um, so that, that's the other little bit of of Nintendo news. Um, cool. So I'll take the Harry Potter shit. So real quick. So basically, long story short. There was leaked footage of an in-progress Harry Potter game. Not literally Harry Potter, but the Wizarding World on Hogwarts, all that kind of stuff. So, in the show notes for this episode on com, I will link to the Vimeo page of the existing trailer. It might have been taken down, but I'll put the what's there right now. Because Warner Brothers has come out and like t- tried to take everything down from the internet. So, you might not be able to find this. Anyway, word to the wise. But, this... 
is a it's a quick little trailer. It's like an announcement trailer is kind of how it's set up. But the yeah. footage looks pretty early, like some of the movements a little stilted and stuff like that. But it clearly looks like a lot of work has been done. Like this couldn't be a fan made thing. It couldn't be fake. This is clearly something that is being worked on. So on the original YouTube video, there's quite a long description. So for the sake of if this video's down, I'll just I'll, I'll read the description for everybody so you can kind of get your feel of it. Set in the 19th century, uh, or sorry, set in the 19th century Wizarding World, this third-person open-world action RPG game centers around your character with unique abilities who has earned a late acceptance to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. You are a newly arrived fifth-year student to Hogwarts that demonstrates a latent gift for magic with a unique ability to track and identify remnants of a potential ancient power. Upon arrival, strange events begin to materialize in the Forbidden Forest, and trouble begins to brew within the castle walls. Together with Professor Elazar Fig, which sounds like a Harry Potter character name, you embark on a journey through both familiar and never-before-seen locations to bring to light the truth behind these mysterious occurrences. On your quest, you will craft potions, master new spells, and discover fantastical beasts. You will battle dark wizards, goblins, and other supernatural enemies, and uncover the truth about your destiny. The fate of the Wizarding World lies in your hands, as it always does. Features. Journey to Hogwarts to become one of eight different wizarding types. Experience Hogwarts, make new friends, uncover new secrets, and change the fate of the wizarding world. Experience a new magic system that creates countless possibilities to master magic. Freely explore the wizarding world for the first time. Choose your house and friends at Hogwarts and decide to pursue a path of good or evil. Create your own Witcher Wizard and experience an all-new story separate from the books or films. So, kind of takeaways. And this was like a short little 90-second video. Yeah. But it shows a little bit of the character creation. Shows like a lot of um, environmental destruction, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Some combat. A lot of like spell slinging and that sort of thing against goblins and other creatures. Uh, I think there was like a troll in one scene. It looks pretty cool to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. Uh, this is not something I expected because we have all of those like B tier movie games, um, yep. those those Harry Potter games, which like some people like. Some them of them were okay. Simplicity. Yeah, yeah, like they were. They had elements that were fun. None of them um, were great, but right. some of them were okay. I think like the fourth one was maybe okay or something, but yeah, right. they, by and large, not awesome. Yeah, and then you have like the Lego Harry Potter games, which you know, if you like the style, of are games, also pretty good. More of that, sure. yeah. Um, like this isn't really isn't something I expected, especially not something centered around Hogwarts. If anything, I expected something to go along with um, the Fantastic Beasts stuff. Okay. Um, if anything, really, right. I, I figured the video game half of it was done, and then to yeah, find like, out that there's this really big how it says like open world RPG um, in that universe, like that's that's really interesting to me, especially because yeah. they just released that mobile game. I don't know how well that's doing for them. Um, I completely forgot about that. I meant to check yeah. that out. Um, but, like, they just released that. And so, I I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, like, I'm down for something like that, depending on the quality. Yeah, and as far as, like, because this is clearly going to be a WB game, or at least WB published, because they own the Harry Potter film rights, so presumably the um, video game rights, and they're the ones that are kind of taking down all these YouTube videos. So, Interesting to see who might be developing it. I know, Kyle, you had mentioned that the original rumor was Rocksteady, but they've come out and said, no, we're not working on this. And so you had thought maybe Avalanche Studios. Yeah, that was another which, rumor I saw floating around. Uh, to me, like, that could make sense, but 
because they're putting on Just Cause 4 pretty soon or like early next year maybe and then they're working on Rage 2 in partnership with id like that just seems like too many things for them to also be working on this game which has clearly had a lot of work put into it already my assumption is that it could potentially be um monolith the shadow of war the middle earth video game okay because they're owned by wb they published the lord of the rings game obviously and Maybe they're working on another Middle Earth game, but Shadow of War did not set the world on fire, right. both critically or commercially, and there was a lot of bad problems with it, the microtransactions and stuff. Where and they, they have adapted film to game several yeah, times. So, and I mean, they have an the open idea. world structure, the combat stuff. Like that seems and, like, like it could think about the Nemesis be system being applied to Harry Potter. Like, in a school setting? The Nemesis system applied to any game could be cool. Well, I still cannot true. believe more games haven't tried to do something with that, but... Yeah. Whatever. Apparently, the new Assassin's Creed has some has sort a little of bit of it. Yeah, I'm curious that. to see how that works out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I'll, I'll link the video if it's still up. Definitely check it out. It's all it's taken off screen. Like the dude is watching the YouTube video and recording the screen, so the quality is yeah. not awesome. But, that might be how um, it hasn't been taken down yet. Right. Sure. So check that out if you can. So what about this uh, streamers and swatting and all this bullshit, Kyle? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, swatting um, is what happens to streamers. People will um, backtrace the IP address on a live streamer's um, feed, and they will then call a SWAT team in um, so they can watch live as people fucking get shot by SWAT team members. Because when a SWAT team gets called in, they get called in when shit has gone down. Like they'll people will call in like a bomb threat at that address. Yeah, and right. so they come in like kind of guns blazing because that's what they're there to do. So people have died from swatting before. A lot of the times it just ends in like a lot of, you know, damaged property and like people being scared shitless. Um but it has ended fatally before. Um, so Seattle, uh, in Washington, their police department is creating a streamer database. Um, it's opt-in, so they're not going to like just like put you on a list somewhere. Um, so you do have to opt-in. Um, but basically what happens is if someone, if the SWAT is called to an address that has been opted in for this, basically the only thing that's different is that hey, they know that a live streamer operates out of here, so this may be a swatting um, incident, or this may be that circumstance, and so they go in not guns blazing immediately. They go into... They they assess the situation before yeah. entering, is what they Really, do. it sounds like it just makes them do the due diligence that they should be doing anyway, because maybe there's stuff going on that I don't know. But my thing is, like, if someone calls in a bomb threat or says, hey, there's a terrorist at this address, you'd think that they'd put in a little bit more work into figuring out the validity of that report versus just kicking down the door with their guns out, ready to shoot somebody, based on a random anonymous tip. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like their current process already is not good. So yeah. at least this is a positive step where they can see and compare, oh, a, a streamer has reported that they're here, so maybe this is fake. My thing is they need to do a better job of tracking the people that report this shit. 
Yeah, because, well, and that's, you know, they have found some people. Like, yes. I think the one that ended fatally, they found the guy who Yeah, it was like it. a 17-year-old that reported it, and he's going to jail. I think it was like for like 35 years or something. Yeah, because like, they want to set a like, precedent. Yes, it is legit. And so, I mean, obviously there's a whole societal thing about, like, what kind of a fucking monster would do this? Right. And report somebody like this and thinking that that is fun. Like that is monster that's raised sociopathic where accountability online doesn't exist. Yeah, for sure. That's the kind of person. Yeah. So, Um, so like if you are a streamer or there's a stream you really like and watch or know personally, let them know about this thing in Seattle. mm -hmm. So even if they don't live in Seattle, they can contact their local police department and say, Hey, could we have this too? Right. Yep. Um, So that's the only reason to really bring it up. Um, yeah, good, good point. So at Minecon, Mo Yang announced a new game called Minecraft Dungeons, which seems interesting. Yeah. And not um, Minecraft 2. Right. <laughs> Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yes, it's Minecraft Dungeons. So it's a co-op dungeon crawler sort of game. Uh, four players. And it has the same kind of art style, but it's more about... Um, the looting and exploration, that sort of thing, versus the building side, and obviously the cooperative side of it too. And they were really clear that this is being worked on by a small team at Mojang. It's not like replacing further work on the core Minecraft game. Uh, and they said, quote, this has been a passion project for them and is inspired by their love of classic dungeon crawler games, which yeah, is cool. And it's supposed to come out next year. So we'll see more of it as time goes, I'm sure. Um it's cool to see them doing new things with the Minecraft IP instead of like, because yeah. obviously they're, they've continued development on the game a lot. Like they still put out their big updates and uh, people are still playing Minecraft, but it's yeah. cool to see them try a little something new in that universe, in that kind of IP that they created. Because uh, I know the player count can't be what it used to be in Minecraft because, no. you know, people move on to new games. Um, so Fortnite. something that could bring them back. Yeah, exactly. Fortnite for sure. So cool. Could It yeah. could be certainly a cool thing. Yeah, and I mean, I think that movie is still in the works. As I think well. so. Yes, um, I think you're and then, right. You know, Minecraft Story Mode Season Two. Came yeah, out. with Netflix. Although, like, I'm glad that they're now working on something else now that Telltale's shut down because we're not going to see a season three of Minecraft Story Mode. Right. At least not through Telltale. Right. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's interesting, and so it, it's going to be like a, a either a top down or an isometric view, like like a Diablo like game. Yes. Um. But more probably, I'm assuming, very accessible. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it could just be like a, a fun romp, which could I'm be cool. okay with. So tell me about this uh, John Favreau Star Wars stuff. So we've talked yeah, about man. this a couple times, but yeah, got so, some new details. So Jean Favreau, um, he has his own Star Wars series, uh, television series that's in the works. We now know that it is called The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, which, for those of you who don't know. Um, Mandalorians are like Jango Fett uh, and Boba Fett. They were Mandalorians. Um, they're like a not like, true. Well, not accurate. You know what? Jango Fett stole Mandalorian armor and passed it on to Boba Fett, who was they were not Mandalorians because Mandalorian was a race. It is a like war mercenary race of people. I thought Jango I guess, was like, from culture. Mandalore. So yes, but Mandalore yeah, had been. Mandalore. Mandalore had been like dis dis not like disassembled, but it didn't exist anymore. Boba Fett put it back together, so he was not originally Mandalorian, but he put it back together. Okay, but anyway, I was just trying to call you out. 
thanks. Um, <laughs> hey, if there's if there's some more not ethereal, more more fringe Star Wars knowledge, you're more likely to have it than I am. <laughs> um, but they have announced episode directors for the show as well, right. as well as having released one of the production stills. So it. Um, the series is going to be written and produced by um, John Favreau, obviously, um, with Dave Filoni, who uh, worked on Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. He's directing the first episode. Um, and then, like, additional episodic directors are uh, Deborah Chow from Jessica Jones, uh, Rick Famuyiwa from Dope, Bryce Dallas Howard from Soulmates, and Taika Waititi from Thor Ragnarok. Um, also, Bryce Dallas Howard. She's an actress too. This is ta- um, Ron Howard's daughter. She was in. She's in the new Jurassic World movies. She's the redhead. She was in okay. an episode of Black Mirror. But yes, she does directing too. Okay, um, and it's going to be executive produced by John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Kathleen Kennedy, and Colin Wilson. Um, Karen Gilchrist will serve as co-executive producer, um, and so kind of the setup for the mm-hmm. show they release you know on twitter like the star wars font across the starry right. night sky um after the stories of Django and boba fett another warrior emerges in the star wars universe the mandalorian is set after the fall of the empire and before the emergence of the first order we follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the new republic so it takes place in between episodes six and seven which is um, awesome yes, i love that which is a great setting that uh, like uh, a period of much change. Yes. Um, and that hasn't been explored, right. which is cool. It's not retreading anything. Right. Um, so they, they have a lot of kind of free reign um, to do things and, and, mm-hmm. and explore it. Um, and the, the production still is of a guy in kind of modified Mandalorian armor. Um, well, so do we know it's a guy? The build looks male, but I guess it could be female. Mm, it looked a little... I mean, the assumption was it's a guy, just because that's what we've seen in Mandalorian armor. But it seemed kind of... I mean, it could, uh, to me, it seemed like it could go either way. Because that would be interesting. That would be if it was a woman. That would be pretty cool. But yeah, I'm looking at this still now, and it does look like a man. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed, actually. That'd be cool if it was a woman. But this might also not be the main character. We don't know that or not. Yeah. Or we don't know that for sure, so... But also, like, another another thing that's exciting about this production still is that it's a lot of practicals. Like, a lot yes. of, like, actual set has been constructed in this image. And, like, a lot of, like, really nice-looking costumes, like, movie-quality stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And to have that in a television series is not something you always get. Yeah. So that's exciting, too. My hope for this is that it will be smaller in scale. Like, it won't be a world-ending sort of right. show, and it'll just yeah. be focused on this person or these couple of characters. Because we don't have enough of those side stories. Exactly. It's like, all you don't gotta need be to focus on end-of-the-world shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my hope for it. And then, close out the show, we got trailers for three things. So, new, or I guess the final trailer for Fantastic Beasts, Crimes of Grindelwald... I keep forgetting this movie is coming out. <laughs> like, Me too. Every time a new trailer comes out, it reminds <laughs> it's me. Like, oh yeah. That the, oh yeah. All right, this movie's coming out, which kind of shows my excitement levels are fairly low. Yeah. Uh, this last trailer, I thought, did a better job of getting me excited. Like it showed a little bit more about the story and what we can expect. Right. So that would that that I think was smart. Um, I don't know. I'm still just like eh about it, just because Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I was pretty eh about that movie. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna go see it. It's not like I'm gonna go not gonna go see it. Oh, for sure. This actually this seems like it has a lot more of 
just like cool magic going on but not in like a hollywood action flick style like fantastic mm-hmm. beasts felt like okay. this feels like tonally more like the movie or the book movies sure yes I think one of the problems with Fantastic Beasts, which helped the Harry Potter movies, is because they're based on books, the Harry Potter movies are focused on Harry Potter. It is his story, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on, but it's about him. Fantastic Beasts is not about Newt Scamander. It's about the larger Beasts thing happening, the Obscurus thing happening, the Hidden Wizarding World thing happening, the American people. like It was about all these disparate things, and it didn't have a core person that was driving it i'm not convinced this movie is going to add that but it at least looks a little bit more cohesive than fantastic beasts did that was so that movie was so scattershot and it was so much more obsessed with like what are the new things we can make up in the wizarding world versus like trying to tell a good story and it was like they tried to shoehorn in the the beasts like the beasts fantastic beasts part felt so separated from the story of the movie that it it just felt disconnected. And this, I'm sure, is going to be the same. The Beast's part still seems superfluous to the story. I'm just hoping that the story is a little bit more cohesive. Yeah. So we'll too. find out later this year. We got a new trailer, or I guess a first trailer, for X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is going to be the final movie with the existing X-Men franchise. So Marvel is co-producing this, like co putting it out or whatever with Fox um, because this movie had already been mostly shot by the time Marvel and Disney acquired the rights. But this could be the last hurrah for all the existing actors in those roles. Who knows what Marvel and Disney are going to want to do with the X-Men. So um, Hugh Jackman is not in this, or at least they haven't promoted him as being in this. Uh, His kind of story as Wolverine is done, but I I don't know at this point, like watching this trailer, I was kind of meh about it which I had been about all the X-Men trailers just cuz at this point like I'm just going to assume the movie's going to suck cuz the yeah. only X-Men movies that I've really liked were The Wolverine, which was a totally random one-off, and Logan, which was a totally random one-off. I all still of the core seen Logan. I need to go. It's super see good, that. man. It is super good. It it's to me is the best X-Men movie. That's what I heard other than Deadpool. And I, I think I imagine a lot of what's good about it is Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart. 100%. <laughs> and the little girl that plays X23 is also is she really good? phenomenal. She's phenomenal. Okay. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, all of the core X-Men movies, even going back to the original ones, which were a lot more cheesy because that was the kind of, that was the way superhero movies were back in the early 2000s was they were cheesy. Like, you know, X, X-Men and X2 and X, X-Men 3 was just actively bad. The first <sighs> yeah. two were like fun and dumb. But yeah, the only tongue, ones tongue that cheek. have been really good were the Wolverine and Logan. And then the two Deadpool movies, obviously. So this being another core X-Men movie makes me assume it's going to suck. So yeah, I'm not getting my hopes up. And then finally, we got some trailers for Daredevil Season 3, which served to remind me that I quit Jessica Jones Season 2 after, like, two episodes. So did I. I did not watch Season 2 of Luke Cage. I did not watch Season 2 of Iron Fist. Like, I'm so done with the Marvel Netflix shows because they're all bad that, thank fucking God, Daredevil is back. Because that's the only one that's good. Jessica Jones sucks. Iron Fist sucked. Luke Cage sucked. The Defenders wasn't even that great. Daredevil's the only one that's been good. And that's so disappointing. 
but at least it's yeah, coming I'd back. like to say that Iron Fist Season 2 is better than Season 1. I heard it but was. But if, if it is, it's barely better. Yeah. Because yeah. He, he still really gets on my nerves because he's just a fucking idiot. Right. And I wanted to watch Luke Cage Season 2 because watching the trailers for it, I was like, okay, this looks better to me. But then the reviews for it were worse than Season 1. And so mm. I was like, okay, then no thanks. And Jessica Jones season two was just absolute dog shit, just yeah. like the first season was. And anyone that says that show is good is an idiot. I'm sorry, but you are. <laughs> that show, it's terrible. It is so terrible. It just, I'm sorry. It's terrible. The writing is yeah. so bad. The character is so poorly written and inconsistent. It's dumb. It's a bad show. We deserve but better. But Daredevil. Daredevil and is super Daredevil good. Daredevil is the better that we deserve. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm hyped for it. I'm really hyped for it. Did you watch all three of the trailers? Because there are three trailers. Yeah, I did not watch all of them. Okay, because there's, like, the season three trailer where right. it's kind of teasing some stuff. With, and then with Wilson there's another Fisk, trailer. Right? Is that the one you're what? talking about? With Wilson Fisk? Uh, oh, yes and no. So okay. Wilson Fisk's in all three of the trailers. but Got it. So the first one is just kind of, like, scattershot stuff. And it's kind of right. setting up, like, a like a, a mystery like what's going on with Daredevil? Mm-hmm. Um, why is he doing this bad stuff? And then there's a second trailer where, or no, sorry, that's the second trailer. The first trailer is just like some general stuff. The second trailer is like official story trailer or something, mm-hmm. um, and that shows like Daredevil like assaulting civilians and like grabbing a gun. And you're like, what Ooh. the fuck? What's going Maybe on? Maybe they're man? going the Dark Rain direction from the comic book storyline where he goes evil for a while. Except they're not, because then they released a third trailer, which womp is womp. the bull, the Bullseye Origin trailer, where you see him, like, imitate uh, Daredevil, and then he, like, so, so Daredevil... Well, that's kind of disappointing for them to reveal I that know. already. How that's stupid is that? Like, yeah. let there be a mystery, but yeah. fucking whatever. Um, and so, like, Daredevil's in his, like, black bandana, and mm-hmm. then Bullseye is in the Daredevil getup. Mm-hmm. And, and Daredevil's like, who are you? And Bullseye's like, I'm the Daredevil. And you're like, <laughs> fucking no, you're not. You're going to be dead by the end of this season. Yeah. So. Pretty hyped for that show, though. I'll say yeah. that much. It's very yeah. good. Well, that's going to do it. I know this was a shorter episode, but that's okay. Jam-packed full of content is what it was. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, man. We even just had some bowel keep the hits coming. in there. right we just released everything we just put it all out there we just let it all go (laughs) opened the floodgates how many more euphemisms can we create (laughs) i sure did yeah all right well that's that's kind of our signal to wrap this thing up so as always i will end the podcast with stuff we do not hate so i'll say that i don't hate all the fun events and travel that I've had. So today we had our gender reveal party, which I will not reveal yet because we haven't announced it to the larger internet. So I don't want to spoil it here. Next episode, I will reveal if we're having a boy or a girl. It's very exciting. Going to your wedding in just a couple of days, which I imagine you're relatively excited about. Yeah. And then in a couple of weeks after that, Kelly and I are going up to Blue Ridge, which is in North Georgia. We're renting a cabin up there, which is what we did on our honeymoon. We go there every year with her family, and it's going to be like our baby moon. So once we have a baby, we're not going to be able to go on any fucking vacations for like our five-year anniversary, anything like that. So this is our last <laughs> hurrah. We're taking a long weekend going up there. We're just going to chill. It's going to be freaking great. She can't drink, which sucks. She can't sit in a hot tub with me, which sucks. But we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun, and we're going to relax. Well, good. 
Um, and so I don't hate that. I'm done building stuff for the wedding. I, I built all the stuff I needed to build. Yeah. It was not easy, but I did it. <laughs> it was fun, it though, all right? Good. Yeah, it yeah. all looks great. Yeah, no, I, I enjoy doing that. It's just like it's a I lot. enjoy doing that when I can do it at my pace. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the times, I don't get to do it at my pace. It's crunch <laughs> right. time for like shows and stuff. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm, I'm done building stuff now. It's all, it's all set up, and I gotta clean the house. But I don't hate that I'm done building stuff. You definitely need to clean the house since we're gonna be staying there. Yep. Come on, man. Working on it. I'm well, treating it, I'm treating it like a house hotel. Yeah. So I cleaned it, and then it's been like another week and a half so it's all <laughs> bad again yeah got undone that's how yeah. that's how that works <laughs> yep you're never Unfortunately. done yeah well all right that's it everybody thanks for listening kyle thanks for joining as always and we will be back in two weeks with a regular sized shay it's everything episode unless everybody loves this and then we'll keep them short and sweet and we won't ramble so much I feel like that'll be the bigger takeaway for us, no matter what, is maybe less rambling. Unless yeah, people we, like the rambling. We still got some rambles in today. <laughs> That's true. We definitely had some tangents. Uh, send us your feedback. Info at SheaHatesEverything.com or shoot me a message on Twitter at Shea underscore Castle or write us a message on the Facebook page slash SheaHatesEverything. Let us know what you thought about this shorter episode. Do you miss the longer ones? Do you want to hear more poop stories from Kyle? Yeah. Does your fecal head cannon include waves? <laughs> Or contractions. <laughs> Should I have named this episode Anal Contractions? <laughs> All right. We're, we'll see you guys back in two weeks. Peace out.